Sorry, he's the, he's the top scorer in the England under 21s. He's 24. <laughs> Hi guys, Jack Greenish here. Uh, delighted to say that I've signed a new deal. Which he accepted with one proviso. <laughs> European football proper. Let's celebrate that because let's be honest, when we all realised, wait, hang on, we have to be in a, a playoff for the Conference League, our bubble was slightly in danger of being burst, especially when at one stage we were non seeded in this potential playoff. <laughs> let's celebrate being in the Europa League proper. Let's celebrate European Conference League proper. Let's celebrate. <laughs> Stages. If, if Villa Park can create that sort of atmosphere for a playoff match that you're already 5-0 up in, I mean, it's going to be fun. This is going to be a fun journey. The group stage is going to be brilliant. And we're there. We're there. You know, Matt Cash is scoring again. This is what happens. John Japan <laughs> is out of the game. We're going to talk a bit about him. You and I, Emery's wearing a gelée again. It, it, this, this was all happening today, and it all started from... The Hibs fans, you know, God love them. Fair play to them. They were reminding me of the Republic of Ireland fans in Poland in 2012, getting absolutely spanked every game they played. But they sang their wee hearts out. And it was funny seeing all the Hibs fans on a Wednesday night pack out some club in Birmingham. <laughs> it's like, you know, fair play to you. And there they were, giving it a bit to the home crowd, just as they found their voice as the as the sort of atmosphere of Villa Park getting European football for the first time since 2010 started to die down a little, the Hibs fans got cocky and they started chanting, shall we sing a song for you? <laughs> Bang, John Duran goal. No, you shouldn't sing a song for us, but you can pick the ball out of your net. <laughs> Go home. Thanks for playing anyway. I think that was the two fingers up to, to Lee Johnson from the Hibs fans who were recalling his uh, having to face two home ends at Villa Park quip a few <laughs> years back. And that was that was obviously only only to him because I can't imagine he's ever heard any part of his own home ground fucking cheering. Even just looking at how much better Hibs were set up tonight, how more effectively they actually pressed in those first 10 minutes yeah. as well. And, and that is because the weight of Lee Johnson talking shit has been taken off their shoulders and that must be as big a relief as Lee Johnson felt last week when he took the weight of the two shirts and three coats off his own fucking shoulders <laughs> but yeah you're right it's great it's great to be in Europe proper <laughs> this is good I was a bit disappointed that we weren't going to get to talk about Lee Johnson this week because they sacked him but I'm well up for just continuing to talk about Lee Johnson anyway <laughs> but first we got some football to talk about and you know what I know we've been highlighting <laughs> throughout our victories in the last few weeks we've been highlighting Pau Torres you know, just, just getting the, the ball knocked around him maybe a bit too easily in defence and I've probably just said a few times looks good on the ball I don't think I've just emphasised enough how good I can clearly see that he is on the ball and how effective his direct passing is out of defence if you watch back all of Villa's highlights and you know a lot of the goals are just starting with Pau Torres just breaking the line with a 
direct, crisp, Roy Keane-esque pass up to the attackers. And this one wasn't that. This one was just brilliant. I mean, this is the sort of ball I feel like Tyrone Mings should be trying a bit more often. Like he does like to find the striker first time, but he's just lumping it up over the top to the striker usually. Unless it was that Danny Ings pass. But Pat Torres, just around the corner. Have you seen a bend like that? I'm like, he was into John Duran. I mean... There you go. Like that, 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 that's what your, that's what your big striker is going to do when he's that fast and he's that hungry for goals. Lovely finish, you have to say. Yeah, I think Dougie and Torres both knew that the ball was on as well, and they seemed a bit eager to play it, and they wanted it. And it's a, it is a great run from Dran, and it's a perfect pass. What in the name of God is Marshall playing at the minute? Yeah. I haven't seen anyone that lost in a Villa Park eighteen yard box since Glenn Whelan threw over a ninetieth minute penalty. <laughs> <laughs> What is his head is completely gone? Why is he wandering out there? It's bonkers. And Duran just absolutely exploits it. It's great. Great to see that he was so cool in that situation as well. Because he had two defenders on him. And I'm sure John Duran knew that. Obviously, Marshall didn't know it. Now, well, hang on. I mean, I've seen John Duran now score two goals in the last few weeks. And all the evidence I have is that John Duran is cool. I mean, John Duran scores these goals as if to say, yeah, what? What else would I do? This, this is my bread and butter. But talk about this guy. This is 103 minutes of football. He's played this season. That's it. 103 yeah. minutes of football. Two goals. He's got one start in his Aston Villa career. One start, one goal. This, this is what John Durand was. This is, this is serious. I mean, this this is Leon Bailey-esque stat point. Because <laughs> as, much as, we, as much as we've been frustrated at Leon Bailey... He has turned it on a bit this season, and especially against Everton, which he, which he always does in fairness. <laughs> but, but you look at those chances out there tonight. The Matt Cash one in particular, Leon Bailey, was at the heart of a lot of Aston Villa's big chances. He could have had a few more majors to his name as well. Absolutely. And you're right to, to praise Duran because last year we were telling him just to relax because he was snatching at things a little bit. He was probably looking at his own Wikipedia page, seeing whatever it was, you know, 10, 12 appearances. <laughs> I'm thinking, I haven't scored yet in 12 appearances. It was like he was getting 12 minutes in each of those games as well. Yeah. And to see, to see him start tonight, I was absolutely, that was the only thing I wanted to see on the team sheet was John Durant starting. After that, I didn't really care. Uh, but it's a bit worried to see Dougie and Kanza starting as well. I was like, all right, all right relax, relax. <laughs> but Duran uh, starting was an absolute key. And then Bailey coming back in as well after being shot on last, at the weekend to come in and put in another performance like that. And then his goal, I mean, again, it's a lovely little pick out from Torres. Not exactly a, a really difficult pass, but it's through two people and he plays it. And it's a great, great position that Kellyman has picked up. And he does the right thing. And he does it quickly and with conviction. And if anything comes out of Kellyman's performance today, it's that he strikes the ball so cleanly in the pass as well. You know, he's rattling into people's yeah. feet. And the finish from Bailey is so far from the post. But it goes in because he's taking it so quickly and unexpectedly. But maybe it just explains my Marshall came rushing off his line for the first one because he's no use. He's no use on his fucking line either. <laughs> Might as well try something different. Mix it up. Defend your line from the corner of the 18-yard box. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, Marshall did make a couple of good saves. One was from that deflection from Watkins to the cash one from Bailey, lovely little interplay. I thought he was out he was out fast at that stage. I don't need to give Marshall any more credit, but I'm just talking about Aston Villa's chances. I'm not trying to be fair to David Marshall here. He's not going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> I'd be surprised if any Hibs fans listen to this podcast. But what 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 was the thinking? You mentioned the team sheet there slightly. Like did you and I Emery just think Lee Johnson was still in charge and he thought, fuck that little prick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty ramming all our five goals down his throat. You know, I was very excited, you're right, when I saw John Durant, when I saw Kelly Man, I was like, oh yes, they just me see a different team, especially when you know you can afford it. It was like, brilliant, let's do it, let, let, let me see some of these boys. Even Chambers at right back, I know you love him, so I was delighted to, to see him there, just for your sake, more than anybody's. Telemans on for his first start as well, and you know, I know he was ripping it up in pre-season, and then you start seeing moments of play, and it's like, fuck, this boy's been really unlucky. <laughs> and I thought him playing Telemans, Genuinely, I think he's obviously trying to get minutes in the boys' legs anyway. Probably just wants to get them used to playing European football. So he wants to make sure that they're going through. Maybe he also does care about the crowd. Uh, he does always, always mention the support immediately after the games. Sometimes I thought, ah, you and I just know how to give us a little belly rub, if I'm being honest. But <laughs> actually, I think he does care a little bit about the crowd. He wants to get them something to cheer about. And I also think there might have been an element of Maybe Tillemans is coming in for this Liverpool match. I think that would work. Like I think Tillemans would work in, in that midfield with McGinn and with the two boys. So maybe he was just trying that out a little bit. Possibly, yeah. I, I think he made the changes that he could make as well because I don't think our squad is, is quite as fat as you would like it to be. You know, initially, initially at the start of the summer, I was thinking... Treble of Cups, top six. You know, whenever I see us go straight out and get Tielemans. But I, I don't think this squad is is ready for a 67-game season just because they'll have Tielemans on the bench for some of them. But they're, you know, I think there's only there's actually only six players in the squad that started 30 games last season. We're going to ask them to more than double that. And I know I know it's not how, how the money is accounted. And I... I know the wage budget has rocketed as well, but you know since the summer of twenty one, I think we have a a net spend of about one hundred and thirty million. 
minus whatever it was we had to pay Royal Antwerp to take Bjorn Engels. So I think we've, I think we've still probably got, we still probably had a bit more money there to spend. I would have thought to fatten out the squad, but alas, no. Well, I, I, look, I don't want to keep banging this drum, but there's a very clear area where we probably should have fattened out the squad, and we still have you know, a little bit of time to do it. And maybe he made a couple of nice saves tonight. He did. Robin Olsen made a couple of nice saves tonight, and. Yeah, maybe he kept the score down, but he also failed to catch a ball that went in the six-yard box. Basically, at his chest, he fell underneath it and dropped it behind him somehow. Um, you know, it wasn't the only time that he failed to control the ball that came towards him. And and this is the thing that, and like, I don't want to look. We don't need as a fan base. We don't need to start a culture war around Robin Olsen. <laughs> I don't need to spend another five minutes hammering him here. But Robin Olsen will let us down at some stage and then there won't be any divide amongst the fan base at that stage. It's all well and good when we're winning. It's well and good when he makes a save and we can ignore the you know, the clangers, the drops, the oh-so-near moments of, of him letting us down. And, and then we can all come for people then who are slagging him off as such or criticising him. But it, it, we can't have Robin Olsen as their backup, not from Emmy Martin, is anyway. <laughs> we're going to Anfield on Sunday. You're talking about top six. That's what we're talking about. Emmy Martin isn't going to play every game. He's going to be suspended for time wasting for one. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we should be a bit stronger. The drop off shouldn't be that high. It isn't it a personal attack on Robin Olsen? But like that's the reality of it. And you know, I don't think supporting him. Not, not that I'm not supporting him. I want Robin Olsen to do well, but I don't think bumming him up and pretending like he's doing better than he is is going to help. I mean, Liverpool fans tried this with Loris Carius. It didn't work. It didn't work. You know, you can either catch the ball or you can't. That's what it comes down to. No matter how much I say to Robin Olsen, what a great save. Like Sometimes he's just not going to catch the ball. And if he does well, I will say that as well, but I'm just worried the same way we're always worried about big gaps in the squad. Uh, like the the bar that you've set before is what would we be saying if any of those shots went in? Like yeah. you know the nice saves. There was one of his front posts where he dropped down quite well, like you know, and tipped it around the post. If, if Emmy Martinez makes that save, all we're talking about is this disastrous finish from the Hibs player. We're not even mentioned. Like you know, Emmy Martinez just saves that. It's not in question. Yeah. But like the one that he fumbled, it was hit straight into his hands. Like he had his body behind it. He was thinking about it for too long, maybe I'd say. Like he couldn't get his couldn't get his head straight. And I want to get behind Robin Olsen, but I want him to get his thumbs behind the ball first. Like he, he can't be just tossing the football back into your own box. Like, you know, was he worried we he wouldn't have enough to do tonight? Was he you know he's trying to give Hibbs a bit of a leg up? Did he think he was playing in the garden with his Wayne? Like, oh no, I've dropped it. Like they're, they're never gonna learn like that, Robin. Catch the ball and stare back at him with disappointment. You're gonna to have to do better than that, son. Like the, and the one as well where he's coming into his right foot, the ball hasn't even gone past him, and he's shitting himself. You know, the ball, the ball is rolling towards his foot. His foot is behind the ball. Like maybe he's watching football through his fingers because whenever he's playing, that's how he sees everyone else looking at him, and he thinks it's part of the sport. It's in the rules. But come on, yeah, I want to get behind him as well to catch the ball that he hasn't caught. <laughs> uh. But it's a clean sheet for him, and he did have a really nice dummy on a Hibs player coming in as well. Like I actually, I, w- I was thinking about this at the very start of the match. 
that like this is the perfect game of space when you're five nil up. I would have been feeding him a lot more ball, even just in tight situations and things like that. Just because there was a couple of times where, like you pointed out at the start, Hibs were pushing up better, more cohesively, faster, and he he didn't find a Villa player like he, he was thinking it out towards the fullback area, and it was going to a, a challenge, basically a duel. It would have been good. Emmy, Emmy's pretty fond of that as well. No, hundred percent. And this is it. Like it would have been a good time just to, to, you know, good real world experience of actually trying to be good on the ball under pressure when you come up against teams like Liverpool and Man City. But anyway, look, we've we've taken the win. Matt Cash is taking another goal. That's what he does. He'll always punish David <laughs> Marshall for things like that as well. And there is something I forgot about this element of Matt Cash. You know, he's having a bit of fun calling him agricultural at the start of the season but remember last year it was the year before i think where he scored a goal or two and then he said he wants to keep doing that it was oh yeah under jared first run and that's when we realized jesus he was going to shoot every single time he got the ball. <laughs> but the thing i did like about that was he really believed it and after his two goals like this is a fullback coming in scoring two goals hadn't scored all last season and he kept saying yeah, I know I can do that when I'm in those areas. <laughs> and, and then it all came flushing back. Matt Cash is actually brilliant at every sport. Matt Cash was a late bloomer in football. Like he actually he wasn't really playing for academy teams and things like that. He just exploded through Nottingham Forest and then suddenly he's at Aston Villa, suddenly he's scoring two goals from right back. Matt Cash is brilliant at snooker, learned that on the Fozcast. Matt Cash is brilliant at golf. I learned that on Jamie Bullard's YouTube channel. Like he's actually class at everything, and I love that in a player. So I actually do trust him now more than I did maybe even last week going through on goal. I would like to see him shoot a bit more often. There, I said it. <laughs> Just watch the highlights from the last game we fucking played. <laughs> I mean, this goal, it's absolutely dreadful for Marshall. Like, it's not a good free kick. It's one of those, if you if you hit it in a warm-up into an empty net, you'd go, ugh. Like, you know, it's, it's expertly finished by our joint top scorer, that has to be said. You know, foot over the ball, <laughs> smash it in off his dick. I mean, that was hit with some venom as well. I'd say he ended up with an inverted penis, which is apt, seeing as it was his third cock-up of the evening. But <laughs> Matty Cash getting forward is probably is probably more encouraging than Matty Cash shooting every time he gets the ball because he is getting into the box. And we said this last week, and even when he was on the pitch for what was it, half an hour tonight, he was in the box about three or four times in really dangerous circumstances. He actually should have scored two goals tonight. 100%. And I take it back. I thought Matt Cash would have ruined the Hibs away game. Matt Cash <laughs> won't ruin any game for me. <laughs> Get the man in. Let him shoot. Let him off the leash. Anyway, we'll leave it there. We'll come back after this. I, I burst onto the scene, didn't I? And I was going to be the next best thing. Oh, who, who was it that said? There was an interview somebody recently and they said that he's always positive. It was Mika Richards. Hold on, I played for England at 18. Youngest ever defender to play for England. It was Mika Richards. He was talking on Sky Sports and he said he's always positive. Sometimes you wish he wasn't as positive. Like he almost he said he was too nice. Right. What do you think, lad? I think Mika Richards should shut the fuck up.
<laughs> what the fuck has Mika Richards ever done for Aston Villa? <laughs> Dean, Dean Smith got Aston Villa promoted from 14th in the championship. Mika Richards was just there collecting 40 grand a week while that was all happening. <laughs> oh, he's just brilliant. He's just top. What a guy to work with you are, honestly. All right, we have to do an emergency questions we can't answer because the England squad has dropped and I don't think we've ever talked about Gareth Southgate's England squad before. No. <laughs> but Duke, honestly, if, if we were going to do a question we can't answer, this is a genuine one. Would Harry Maguire, like, is there actually a scenario if you were Harry Maguire that you would consider leaving Man United? <laughs> Life is absolutely perfect. You know the way people always make a joke and they're serious as well, but you know, well, how good it would be to be a third choice goalkeeper for a Premier League team. How good it would be to be Scott Carson and live his life. <laughs> you know, getting millions, getting millions a year, living a life of luxury, hanging out with the most famous players in the world, partying after you win things, and having nothing to do. Having nothing to do, just just enjoy yourself, really. Just show up. <laughs> Kick a ball around with your mates. And it doesn't matter if you're shite. You're getting paid anyway. This is Harry Maguire's life now. That Harry Maguire is living the, the life of a third-choice goalkeeper. And he still makes the England squad because of it all. So he, he gets what he probably ultimately wants. He gets to be England's starting centre-back. He gets to play nine games a year with them. And it doesn't <laughs> matter what he does. It doesn't matter how shite he is, obviously, and it doesn't matter how it doesn't matter how little he plays. He gets picked anyway. He gets picked. Jordan Henderson gets picked out in Saudi Arabia. Calvin Phillips gets picked when he's fat, and <laughs> like, it, it doesn't matter because Gareth Southgate is just getting the Euro twenty twenty band back together once again, and he's going <laughs> along with that. He's going along with that. It worked back then. It'll work now, and like it's 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 mad. When you look at that England squad, I don't know how many ways you can skin this cat anymore. Everybody knows it. And everybody knows the contradictions and the hypocrisy of Gareth Southgate talking about other players not making the squad. But this is just a different level. It keeps getting worse for him. Yeah, and the excuse he always gives is that, you know, players playing at a higher level, dealing with that pressure better prepares them for international football. They're not playing at that level. And when they have... All that's done is prove that they can't handle the pressure. Yeah. Like, where is Konza? Where is Dunk? Where is fucking Dan Byrne, for God's sake? Tyrone Mings, for fuck's sake? There, there, isn't a, there isn't a doubt in my mind that if we rolled Mings off his physio table today and raced him against Maguire, he would win. And, and I know I know, going after Maguire's mobility is the easy option, but I can't resist the temptation because I think... I think being able to move is foundational. But like I, I do need to move on. I mean, if Harry Maguire can resist arrest, I can resist these urges as well. And maybe 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 that is maybe that is at the heart of this. We know Harry has a history of bribing people in power. Maybe he's just actually fucking bribing Gareth Southgate. I mean, this is the other thing. Lyndon Dykes plays up front for Scotland. Sure, Harry Maguire's lawyers could defend against him. So why doesn't he just try to bring in bring through some people that he hasn't tested yet and see how they get on at this supposedly elite level of football, which is international, international football matches. And Calvin Phillips as well. Calvin Phillips is just strange. 
I mean, like a lot of people are lumping him in with Maguire, saying they haven't played a minute of football this year. Calvin Phillips played 430 minutes last season. Like he accumulated less than five games worth of football in the entire season, and he's still in this squad. It's absolutely insane, insane stuff. And there's yeah. some other strange things as well. Like he's picked nine forwards. Gareth Southgate doesn't need nine fucking forwards. He's got one right winger, two left wingers, three centre forwards for one position, and three number tens for zero positions. He won't play a number ten. Why does he have fucking three number tens in there? And Eddie and Keria is one of his three centre forwards. Eddie and Keria has as many Premier League goals in the last five years as Ollie Watkins scored last season. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't think even a lot of Arsenal fans <laughs> would have thought Eddie and Keria was ready to be called into the England team. I say called like you know, ready to be called in to be marked by Harry Maguire at training. <laughs> oh, you'll he'll be fucking that. starting if he's going to be marked by Harry Maguire in training. <laughs> of all the 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 names, like because I'm not surprised by Harry Maguire. I'm not surprised by Henderson. I'm not surprised by Sanderson's playing in Saudi Arabia. Oh my god! Like, and I'm not, I'm not surprised by by Calvin Phillips either. I was very surprised at Eddie and Kedia, especially then when Southgate sort of quite defiantly defended that, or 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 just gave justified it to give his reasons for it. Said that like you know this this boy's young and we want to see what he's got. We want to see him in his environment. We he's it's top goal scorer for the under 21s it's like yeah like that that's exactly the point you were making like what so why is it super They're just picking the same people who aren't playing football anymore why does Raheem Sterling get punished and Harry Maguire doesn't Calvin Phillips doesn't Jordan Henderson doesn't it's, it's really mad and and he's like sorry he's the, he's the top scorer in the England under 21s he's 24 that was three <laughs> seasons ago <laughs> That's a good Fucking call, call up Rianne Brewster for fuck's sake while we're at it. <laughs> but these, like, these, this is actually stuff that Southgate needs to sort out as well. Though we'd think he'd be a bit more proactive and thinking like maybe I should try another centre back. Like maybe I should try another midfielder. He's, he's two of his midfield places are, are used up with with Henderson and Phillips. Well, one of his strikers' position is used up by Eddie and Kenny. It's it's mad. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's Jesus. He's really. I get what's happening in his head. He's thinking, I've got one more tournament left. I know what works. He knew what worked for you a few years ago when these boys were playing. Like they're not playing anymore. It's a different landscape. It's 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 a long time away from from the Euros. Such a long time away. Adapt. Like pick the team that you have now. If Gareth Southgate came into the England team right now, and I know he's not, but he would pick a completely different squad. It's crazy that this is what he's sticking with, no matter. No matter what happens, that's it. Yeah, and like, and like a, a classic thing that, that you'll hear international managers saying, and I, I have some sympathy with it, is you have to have some sort of continuity in the squad. So while you say you pick players on form, you also have to pick players that will be part of the team and you know be able to foster some sort of better team atmosphere. Mm. Harry Maguire isn't good for the atmosphere in England. Can't be, can't be. There's absolutely no way. The, the guy is toxic. Like Everybody thinks he's fucking useless. There's mm. no way that Harry Maguire playing on the same pitch as you is going to be... Like I, I don't care how much fucking banter he is. He's definitely not any crack. But <laughs> he's, he's not going to be good for team morale. Yeah. 
He might be better than Harry Kane, banter-wise, who tried and failed at another attempt of uh, <laughs> brand polishing with the... No, he was doing a, a team shoot with Bayern Munich, but... Oh, you know, Harry Kane's interviews are just so awful. You know, when he tries to be a bit of crack, and he can't help, he can't help saying, yeah, for sure, all the time. Like, it's just, uh, he's trying to be lighthearted, and that's fair enough, but it doesn't work. You know, it's something for him to work on. Harry Kane should be in England squad. Put that on record. I, I believe that. I'm not picking, <laughs> yeah, so picking Harry Kane in England squad. But let's move on to news I hope Liam missed. And I think he did miss this because, let's face it, there's been a lot of stuff happening at the start of the seasons. It's still only the end of August. We're into September now, tomorrow. And it is transfer deadline day. And what better time for Pep Guardiola to step forward and complain about transfers. <laughs> the Man City manager. And he came out and he was complaining about Chelsea. Playing about Chelsea's summer signings. He said, quote, if we had spent as much as Chelsea have spent in the last two transfer windows, I would be sitting in front of you. You would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> you would kill me, repeats that. That's for sure. I couldn't sit in front of you. We would be scrutinized in ways you cannot imagine. Uh, well, how much? How much do you actually hope I missed this news? Because you know you could have just not brought it up, and there there was absolutely no reason to bring it up either. I mean this this isn't something that you want to protect me from, but but feel like you have to tell me for my own safety. You know this is this isn't like. This isn't like finding out the children next door have been murdered and wanting to protect your Wayne's innocence, but then deciding that it's more important to protect their lives, so you better tell them. Like you've you've just sat your Wayne's down, made them watch The Evil Dead, and then told them it was a fucking documentary. Like you, you, you rename this segment News I Hope That Kills Liam. Like I'm supposed to be one of your favorite people, and you evidence that by fucking feeding me infuriating quotes from my least favorite person. <laughs> What was this about? What's he talking? We are killing Chelsea. Yeah. Bali has been absolutely destroyed. Like we, we've had to go after the chairman because because Chelsea changed their fucking manager every two weeks. And like Man United as well. Man United are hammered for it. But they're not in danger of turning the league into the Bundesliga. They're in danger of turning it into a fucking Irish infrastructural project. An absolute waste of money. And the, and this all comes, once again, this all comes from Pep, worried about getting enough credit, even though before the first game of the season, they had a fucking Pep change football segment with Pep on it, and I'd say the interviewer is still fucking scrubbing his tongue with a Brillo pad to get the shit out of it. It was so far up Pep's hole. It was absolutely insane. But yes, Pep, Chelsea and Man United have spent similar amounts as you with nowhere near the same level of success. So I admit it. You're better than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Graham Potter, and Frank Lampard. There, you've got me. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to hold your hand up. Bow <laughs> down to him. Yeah, like everybody is criticizing Chelsea. That's all anybody's talking about. Everybody is saying, what the fuck are they doing? How are they doing it? <laughs> and why have they undergone completely transforming their squad spending a billion quid they have a similar level to squad <laughs> all they've done is just change the players they haven't upgraded in any way they've just changed players for 
players of similar ability to just change the names. It's, it's crazy what they've done, and nobody has once failed to mention that. It's definitely the biggest talking point this summer and in January as well. It's uh, yeah, it hasn't it hasn't gone by anyone. They have been killing Chelsea, and yeah, we've we've spotted it, Pep. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, and it's also slipping under the fence. The idea that Man City haven't done that either over a, just a, maybe maybe a, a larger period of time than two transfer windows, but it, it's almost like he's trying to normalize the fact that Chelsea do that and we don't do that. It's like, come on! I still the reason Man City really grinds my gears not just because Pep Guardiola, because I remember like I, I remember Man City being below Villa being, being not like not even significant to Villa really. I remember when Gareth Barry moved there. I thought that was so strange. I remember calling it a short-term waste of time for for him. <laughs> I thought it would even blow up before Gareth Barry's Man City tenure ended, not even his career, and not even beyond that. So I, I was wrong in that point. There, you got me, Pep. It turns out billions and billions and billions of pounds do have an impact. <laughs> but, but and it, and it also it also it also turns out hoovering up all the young talent around the country and around Europe and around the world as well, hiding them in your academy and then fucking flogging them off for 15 yeah. or 20 million for the last four or five seasons, making hundreds of millions of pounds of, on players we've never heard of and then trying to say, we haven't spent that much money in the last couple of years. We're all fucking daft, come on. Yeah. Like, much they sold Trafford for fucking 18 million before he even kicked the ball for them. Yeah. Well, like, like the Cole Palmer thing is obviously getting... A lot more attention now because it's, it seems strange because he's he's broken through, but he's just broken through because of the, the trajectory and, and, and age and whatever. But like, there's so many Cole Palmer's. Douglas Louise is Aston Villa's captain there tonight. He's ripping it up for Aston Villa. Douglas Louise is better than Calvin Phillips, who Man City went out and bought them. Like they just they just lost all these players along the way. Then they're obviously getting a lot of money back in. They're obviously getting good FFP benefits for that, which is really strange that FFP encourages you to just flog off your academy players. Man City would be more than happy to do that. But yeah, like the, the Cole Palmer thing is just the tip of the iceberg and it's obviously more noticeable. Let's go finally to the question box on Instagram. So every Thursday show that we have, we'll put up a question box on the Wednesday or Thursday morning, whenever I get around to it really. And we'll encourage you to send through your questions and we got a lot of them we got a lot of them in this week and it starts with like and i really appreciate it because there's been loads and and it's sort of i would say overwhelming it's not there's no stress about this at all so i'm not going to use that word i really enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> i was actually going through i was sitting and i was i was leaving drinks tonight for somebody going somebody leaving work Everybody knows what leaving drinks are, and I, you know, it was actually getting grief for not drinking. Like this is this is where we're at now as a society. You know, people are criticizing. That's what he means. That where we're at now. That is Ireland. <laughs> well, you know what you say that, and I was just about to make that point. Oh shit! Oh shit! Irish culture is the people are slagging me for having a coke, and then a Brazilian came at me as well. Like, are you having a coke? And obviously not not that accent. It's like having a cup of tea, watching Villa matches. Like that's, that's what I like doing. Sorry, not going to apologize for it, but you just have. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, maybe this is why people were slagging me then, because I'm sitting there going through the Villa podcast question box and <laughs> Instagram <laughs> in the pub, and uh, yeah, so we got loads of them. Very happy with them. But um, Ina was the first one. He said, 
Would you consider a podcast when Ireland play? It would be hilarious if nothing else. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we dipped into that accidentally a few times and it wasn't really that enjoyable, I have to say. Yeah, I, I do think it's a bit strange that we would spend quite so much time going after the England squad on the same day the Ireland manager finally admitted he's given up on life. I mean, <laughs> what... What does Jeff Henrik need to do to end his international career? Because doing nothing isn't going to end it, apparently. Like I, I sometimes wonder if Jeff Henrik is just is just doing that thing where you're you're trying to convince yourself you're a nice guy, you know, make them think you're an arsehole so they dump you and they don't feel as bad about it. But in reality, he's just too much of a coward to dump them. Like he definitely plays like a fucking coward anyway. Like Jeff Jeff Henrik plays like he's closer to passing away than passing the fucking ball. And and Aina wants us to talk about that the night before you get married. Like, you know, after spending 90 minutes watching Matt Doherty decide he's above chasing Mbappe back, after spending 90 minutes watching, watching Josh Cullen not pass the ball to fucking Jason Knight, Aina wants us to jump on fucking 14 hours before you get married and talk about that. <laughs> the wedding has coincidentally fallen on international break in between Aston Villa games. I mean, you might look at a pattern of us taking reams of abuse for <laughs> missing podcast episodes for yeah. wedding ceremonies, and you might then look at what I'm doing for my wedding ceremony. <laughs> These are just things that have happened. Not really. <laughs> uh, Chris Dolan got in touch said, have you ever thought of becoming a stylist? I, 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 Chris is trolling me here. Chris seems like I've seen his accounts. He seems to be, he seems to be up in high fashion. Is that, if that's if that's the right term? He seems to know about fashion, and I know that he thinks it's funny that sometimes I wear jumpers with numbers on them, or jumpers <laughs> with the words "pull" and "bear" on them, and I'm convinced that he's just trolling me here talking about becoming a stylist so i don't think we should give too much credence to this i think we should move on yeah and my answer to that is no and my question to you is have you ever thought about hosting a football podcast <laughs> thomas knight said who's the better footballer of the two of you it's pretty obvious rex wait 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 yeah. why are you skipping past that one so quickly tom asked you a question conan the people need to know what the answer is they would know what the answer is there uh <laughs> Rex said, <laughs> I don't know why I pulled this one out now, but then sometimes I'm trying to get to the bottom or get inside someone's head when you send it on. And I'm like, do they think Conan will enjoy this one? Do you think Mings and Kanza ever explored each other's bodies? Excuse me? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I think Rex will think Conan enjoys that one. But I have to say, there is a part of me that does enjoy that one. Rex is right. Sometimes it appears they haven't even looked at where the other one's body is positioned in space and time. So I, I don't know if I'd ever go as far as to say they've explored each other's bodies. <laughs> JMF, if you started for Villa, if you started for Villa, how long would you last before getting subbed off, and what position? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I like the implication on that question. That I'm definitely getting subbed off. You might. I, I hope he's talking about the fact that we're not professional athletes, right? You know, as a, it's not oh. because we're, we're going to be exposed as being shit. Interesting. Interesting, because I was going to ask, what's the criteria for getting brought off? Because I was thinking, I could fucking last. I could, I could, I could do 12K. 
I could do 12k in 90 minutes. I could do bursts. I could run. I could I could recover balls. I could I could just slot into that. I like I I could do what the Donker does. Jeff Henry does. Get back a bit quicker as well. But <laughs> I I honestly think I could I could definitely have played for John McGinn last week up in Edinburgh. Not not alone because John McGinn was absolutely dreadful up in Edinburgh, but because the whole Villa team is around you. Then it's all far too good for. For Hibernian and I would just be slotting in there doing rondons with with Dougie in the middle of the pitch. I think I could do it, Connor. <laughs> yeah, well, I would say in, in reality, it's yeah, it's probably about ten minutes, isn't it? Yeah, I would. I wouldn't make it to halftime. Not not again. I think I could physically, but you know, like footballers are really good at what to do. Really hard. <laughs> really hard to control the ball. Really hard to do it under pressure. To turn on the ball. To dig it back out and fight. Like, see, you listen to that language. Dig it back out. What sort of <laughs> what sort of scenario have I put myself in in this fantasy land? Like that. That. That's what I could dream up playing for Villa. Dig it back out from underneath my feet. Yeah. Whenever I had to give you a dig out playing with you and your pals in the media that time in that tournament, um, and we ended up playing against the the PFAI team, and I think the youngest player playing for them was thirty six. We were we were younger than that at the time, and uh, the rest of them were in their forties. But they were just it was just it's just a different level. And this is only the Professional Football Association of Ireland, so it was League of Ireland lads. It was just balls getting pinged, balls getting killed, balls getting moved on straight away again. Yeah. So you had no chance of winning the ball back and you had every fucking chance of losing it whenever you were trying to do the same things. Yeah. And then imagine you then trying to sort of keep a, a, a tactical element to your game then when all you're trying to do is dig the ball out from underneath your feet. Like, it's Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> 25 back to the question. Back to the question that asked which one was better between me and you. <laughs> Uh, Ollie, Ollie P. Johnson, Zaniolo tucking in his shirt into his shorts for or against? I would say don't be so binary, Ollie. There, you know, there's a third option there for against. Couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> I like it. I'm all four players trying something different. I was, I like Jack Greedish having his socks down way before anybody else liked it. <laughs> Got another one here that says, "Who would you trust the most to be a ring bearer at your wedding? Robin Olsen or David de Gea? I definitely go Olsen. I don't think I've seen <laughs> David de Gea use his, use his hands in a long time. <laughs> well, that, that 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 is the big worry with de Gea, isn't he? he? Might he might he might be bearing the ring on his fucking toes because he hasn't used his hands in about five years. <laughs> and like, how, how long do you want the ceremony to be though? Because if you're looking for a bit of padding, we could you get a good five minutes out of Robin Olsen trying to get out of a seat, and then the the five meter shuffle up to the bride and groom as well. You want to stretch out. <laughs> and then I think I've got two more. M.M. Anderson. If you had to pick a new best man for the wedding. So this is on the theme that we got last week as well. The last week I was picking a new husband for the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> a new best man for the wedding. Which current Villa player would you pick? It's two options for me. Matt Cash, right? I'm not just saying it. He seems like a good guy. And I like that he'd be up for just, just playing sport all the time. Let's go play snooker. Let's go play a bit of golf. Let's go play some you, football. Are, are you trying to get out of the wedding here? <laughs> but, the, morning, the morning of the wedding, Matt Cash had just swept me away onto a golf, <laughs> golf cart right off into the sunset. <laughs> 
But I think I think I would go with Ezra Kanza because there's loyalty and then there's Ezra Kanza. And do you remember <laughs> how he went for Jacob Ramsey of all people when he tried in any way to slight the Villa fans for celebrating for the joy of trying to get into the... Before they were celebrating, they were urging Villa to take them to the Conference League. And J.J. Ramsey dared in front of Ezra Kanza to say, it's just a Conference League. And Kanza went through him for a shortcut. That's the type of guy I want by my side on my wedding day. That guy would lie down in front of traffic for you. Don't you say a bad word about my Villa fans or about my pal Conan. Ezra Kanza <laughs> is my best man. That's a solid choice. I mean, I think Jacob Ramsey was almost certainly joking when he said that. And also the type of best man the type of best man I'd be going for there is someone who's a winner like JJ, who is joking when he says that, but also knows where his ceiling is. And that ceiling is the Champions League on. I forgot that I was pushing your buttons there with JJ. I forgot that you would obviously have JJ, your best man, your hero, besides you no matter what. Last one from Spud. Do you know somebody mistakenly asked me, because my nickname growing up was Scone, although is that opening up a whole can of worms? When does Scone become Scone in what regions? Um, (sighs) I don't know what it is for our English listeners. I think for our Irish listeners down south, it's Scone. My pronunciation of it up north was Scone, but obviously it didn't follow me down to Dublin because being called Scone would be ridiculous, but Scone's fine. But somebody said to me, at another wedding, but it was a midweek wedding, so we didn't miss any podcasts, said to me recently, is it Spud, is it? And I was like, no, obviously not. <laughs> but anyway, Spud has gotten in touch to ask, would you make, would you take a top four finish this year, but it meant we lost Emery in the summer? I, I don't like this implication, because that means whenever we make the top four, we lose Emery. Like, that's what I want to know. And if not, then obviously not. And I think I would just say no anyway. I mean, the whole point of, of Project Emery is to get top four. So if I don't want to get it for fear of losing him, why do I want them in the first place? Yeah. <laughs> so yes, let's take it. Let's take top four. Let's lose Emery. Ancelotti will probably be sacked at some stage this season. Don't worry about it. He'll have a shot at redemption in the Premier League. <laughs> I'm not ready to think this big, you know. I, I, you know what it did? You know, people, there is a, there, there's a thing Why there, you know, when you sign these players, people are a little bit uncomfortable about signing them. It's just, it's just, this isn't a villa I know. It's not, nobody's saying that, but that's what the feeling is type of thing. I think I'm in my sweet spot with Aston Villa here. Seventh, beating the shite teams, all enjoying ourselves. Oh, look at this European adventure. This is a nice adventure with stabilizers on on our bikes like this is this is nice <laughs> emery's cooking at this level i don't know if i i don't know if i'm ready to go too much bigger i think i think if bastonville get into this no way emery wouldn't leave if we get into the champions league i, I, I think that was just a it might have been a hypothetical question of course he would stay he would stay and try to try to win the bloody thing that's the type of man that tonight emery has come yeah well, let's concentrate on winning the conference league first and thanks a million for joining us for our conference league show and share it on, please, if you have listened this far. It would be great just to get a few more people on board who aren't listening already. Thanks a million once again. It's been great having you. And thanks for all the questions. Keep them coming. Keep them coming even before the question box goes up as well. It's good getting in touch with people. So always do appreciate it when you do get in touch. 
Thank you very much, and we will chat to you on Sunday. It's Anfield, it's Liverpool. Let's go! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.